Yo. Hello. Uh, so to blow our own horn a little bit, uh, remakeme.com, iTunes, subscribe. That's not what I was doing. Remakemepodcast.com. Yes. Uh, well, that's not what I was starting to say, but then okay. I was like, we never do this. Yes. Uh, uh, find us on iTunes, uh, Google Play, Breaker. It's really bad that we don't do that. Yeah. But I don't like doing it. I don't either. Like, I could, we could be like, hey, go rate us, whatever, because it helps us get in the thing, which it does, but also that's not why we do this. We do oh, yeah. it because it's fun. Uh, so what I was going to, so I like finished a podcast yesterday and then maybe it was the last thing that I was streaming or something, but it started all of a sudden play episode 100 and I ended up going back and listening to most of that and I like <laughs> really enjoy it and it's probably just because it's my friends and I busting each other's balls, uh-huh. but I really like that. Like I think that's taken over 15 for being like my one that I would tell people to listen to. Really? Yeah. The one where you just fucking <laughs> mock me incessantly? Sure. Yeah. I still go with 15 because I'm triumphant. Yes, you are triumphant. You earned it. You're so unprofessional. <laughs> yeah, that's me. I was the one with the shitty ringtones. Uh, shitty default It's Micropedis Josh. Oh. He's making an appearance this episode. Unplanned. Is he actually coming or? What? You're just saying. No, I just meant he just, he just beeped okay. at us. We just recorded a fun segment for next week. We did. So that'll look forward to that next dun, week. Dun, dun. That's not the right sound effect. Josh. No, it's not. Stop. It, maybe Russ, turn off your fucking ring. I'm doing it. It's on vibrate now. It's hmm, good. Yeah. See, I just got a notification and it vibrated. Hmm, aren't you nice. professional? Yeah. Um, so I've talked about my son that poops cannonballs, right? <laughs> yes. So uh, he officially did in... Uh, one toilet. Impressive. Like I had to, it was the water's coming up, so I had to turn off the water. Because <laughs> uh, it was going to overflow in the bowl. Mm-hmm. So I turned it off, and then when I turned it back on, the, the valve started leaking. So I had to put something under it that ended up replacing it, right? Mm-hmm. And that was a not, a not a huge deal, but then I, I have to replace another part now. So that toilet's just been out of commission for a week. Because I'm like, well, now I got to put more time into it. <laughs> so he stuffed toilet number two. I got three three toilets, right? Oh wow! So he stuffed toilet two. <laughs> so you're down to solo toilet. Uh, we were because I'm like I have I bought an auger to do the toilet specifically <laughs> because of my five year old <laughs> has fucking bowels of steel, right? He just sucks every bit of moisture from any food or anything that he gets. So I ended up not being able to get it even with the toilet auger. Wow. So I had to buy a commercial $50 toilet auger today <laughs> and it took care of it fine. But I'm like his fucking five-year-old bowels mm-hmm. have just de- destroy every toilet. Like, what is that going to turn into? Cause he's I, a big kid. Yeah. Like the, he's it's only, just go- he's only going to grow. Yes. And what else is going to grow along with him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's going to have a pro like he's going to have to start coming up with solutions on his own. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's a pocket auger that he can, like, carry around in a backpack or something. Like, uh, it's going to make it for, like, some awkward sleepovers or, like, <laughs> <laughs> when, he's, when he starts having a girlfriend or something. And, yeah. Timmy. So. What? Timmy. Timmy. I overflowed your toilet again. <laughs> Tell your mom I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call my parents <laughs> and leave. Uh, so yeah, I was like, just bitter spending $50 on this fucking <laughs> shit. It's, it's just a giant, a giant, uh, spring mm-hmm. sharp on one end just so it can tunnel and bore through a turd in the toilet. Right. Yeah. He owes me that $50. <laughs> the first $50 he gets, he's going he's yeah. to get a job at a fast food restaurant when he's 16 and I'm just taking $50 immediately. Just, you know, start giving the boys allowance and then just tell him he's not old enough to get an allowance. Yeah. And really, you're just saving it back to pay to pay for the current poop situation and maybe a little in escrow for yes. any future yes. poop-related incidents. Yeah, I should do that. I uh, My wife was going to hire somebody to clean up the backyard like as a spring thing mm-hmm. just cause, so I don't have to. And I, she was like, all right, well, how much would we spend up to? I was like, we'll pay up to 150 for somebody to do it. Like yeah. that's our dollar amount to just clear out all the shit from the winter and 
get it to where it should be for spring, right? Mm-hmm. And then I talked to her. I was like, all right, so we're in agreement. Whoever does that, we're doing 150. And she said, yeah. And I was like, okay, so I'm just going to do it and then allow myself to play with $150. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in theory, I'm saving $150. In reality, <laughs> it's just me paying myself $150 because mm-hmm. otherwise it would just go to bills and medical like, expenses. This is, and mad, this is mad money. Yeah, exactly. This but yeah, is basement money right yes, here. This, that's exactly what it is. It's mm-hmm. basement money. That's exactly what it is. So pretty stoked about that. Like I'm looking forward to doing the lawn work now because I'm paying <laughs> myself like – I should start doing that more often. Like you want me to, you, you're going out. You want me to stay home with the kids? Seven bucks an hour. <laughs> then get you, home and you I know have you can just spend your money, right? I can't. Like you have responsibilities yeah. and shit, but like you can just you can spend some money. I know. It's just like I have a hard time justifying it. So it sounds like you have a pretty fucking easy time justifying <laughs> it to me. <laughs> no, I figured. I just figured out the loophole, dude. Oh, okay. I figured out the wife loophole. The loophole in your own brain. Yes, exactly. Okay. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how was your week? Good. Uh, it was my stepdad's birthday, so went over there and ate some Mexican food. It's been a while since I've had my mom's Mexican. It's always good. Which, prob- like, isn't as good as a Mexican restaurant, but is way better because it's like what you remember. That like nostalgia base flavors mm-hmm. delicious uh also i went out to dinner with marianne's dad we're like what food do we enjoy that marianne hates let's go do that nice so we so you guys to... bonded over like the. <laughs> yeah so we went to the the chinese buffet near us and then uh we're gonna go to the mexican restaurant next weekend so he still like live it. with he still lives with you currently yes yeah, he is there. he is uh remodeling his home mm-hmm to get make it more livable hmm. found some mold which is never good no it's not good uh my wife and i talked about this recently uh cause we were talking about like nostalgia taste mm-hmm. like uh we ate something recently that my dad like we went to his house and, and ate it mm-hmm. and we were saying like well it was all right but it's not as good as my mom would make right yeah. and it's like everything that he makes is just impersonating my mom's version of that you mm-hmm. know so it's like it's close but it's just off by that little right. that little bit like and you can't pinpoint that it. a little it, bit of like mom spit on the fork that's or exactly something. yes yeah. that's exactly what it is and it's funny because like he's tr- like he's doing his damnedest like yeah he's he's going through his brain like what how did she make it what did she do and he's hitting all those check marks so on paper but yeah it's that mom spit or something on yeah. like isn't it isn't quite adding up it's it's uh i've i've never had better peanut butter cookies than the ones my grandma made and i don't even think they were particularly good but i just i don't i love them and she you know how they have like the little marks on the top you mm-hmm. like make a fork yes and you crisscross after every one, she would lick the fork and then do the next cookie and lick the fork. She was a big fork licker. Uh, the best time is when I walked into the kitchen and started talking to her, and she didn't realize that she was making the dog food, and then just instinctively licked the fork. That was that was real good. That was fun. I like that. That's yeah. good. Uh, you were talking about uh, grandmas and food. I don't remember what it was. It might have even been something just like a a Twitter thing or whatever, but it was like name something that you would say both uh, after sex and at Thanksgiving dinner. This was at Thanksgiving. Okay. And my favorite one that I read was thanks for the cream pie, Grandma. <laughs> and it was my favorite thing in the world. All right, then. Uh, <laughs> I seem way more tickled by that than you are. You don't think that's funny? I, I mean, I, it's funny. It's a real thinker. <laughs> Like, is it really high, supposed to work? It's a real thinker. It's real highbrow. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to go with, man, I'm stuffed. But, yeah. Yeah. I think that other one wins. Thanks for the cream pie, Grandma. Definitely. Definitely takes the cake on that one. Mm. Uh, Want to dive into our, our movies? Sure. Uh, Deep Red. Deep Red. Synopsis. Deep Red is a uh, murder mystery. Mm-hmm. Basically, Good. it's set in <laughs> uh, Russell just went to open his phone and completely dropped it on the floor and then made a face like I dropped my phone on the floor. <laughs> it's a pretty accurate face. Yep. Uh, overall thoughts. 
Um, it's weird. He he has a very weird style. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know. I've, I've just I've just heard you know people, like film geeks kind of slobber over Dario Argento. Um, and I can certainly see he. I appreciate that he makes decisions and he takes risks. I'm not sure that all of them land for me, but there are some. There are a couple things where I'm like, like that's a really great fucking shot, or you know, there's this, and then just between the two. Excuse me, we only saw the two movies, but even between them, like seeing the things. Oh, oh he really likes doing this. And mm-hmm. He really likes doing that. So that was a lot of fun. So. I think it's almost hard to talk about one without the other. Um, and for the m- most part, I'm not a huge, I don't know all of his filmography Oof, yeah. by any means. Uh, but first of all, I'd said like, I think deep red was my favorite, not my favorite. Uh, I don't think that I'd seen deep red. I think I had the wrong one. Okay. The one that I had seen was about a killer that wore a black mask and had gloves and killed people. And they weren't sure who it was. Okay. Turns out this one, was the exact same thing, but not that movie. <laughs> and that's basically kind of all of his movies. Mm-hmm. And all there's a whole genre called Giallo that's just basically this, yeah. right? In a nutshell, there's people that that's their entire, like that's there's podcasts dedicated to just that. So I'm going to talk incredibly dumb about this, mm-hmm. but it's just dipping our toes a little bit into this subgenre yeah. or whatever. Um, so even it didn't really matter to me if, I was sure it was deep red or not mm-hmm. because I knew whatever we watched is basically going to, again, get you just a, a little bit of taste of that subgenre. Yeah. And, uh, so when I watched, it was probably over the course of two or three days, I was on vacation a year ago or something. Okay. And I watched probably five or six Argento movies in a row. Mm-hmm. And every night, like I would sit down with a few drinks and watch one or two. And like, I was just in the zone and I was digging them. Like I'm, sitting down having a couple drinks relaxing like i'm in the zone for these mm-hmm. and i wasn't at all this time like <laughs> like the, these were very much like trying to fit these in my schedule to talk about them and record and it's mm-hmm. like i can watch this 40 minute chunk and then this 20 minute chunk and i definitely uh, appreciated and enjoyed them less this time and i think it was it was all about my mindset like right. my mindset was what i what i would have wanted to do is sit down and watch an episode of Seinfeld or, or future, you know, yeah. just a 20 minute mind yeah. let go thing. Um, so I didn't have the best experience watching these. So it's, it's kind of on me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you're exactly right with like my thoughts in general on him is there's so many weird, unique things about yeah. it. He has a lot of eccentricities that I appreciate, yes. but also like, eh, that's all right. Yes. Yeah, it's like, I can see how this is someone's thing. You yeah. know, it's the same thing. Like we talked about rap and I yeah. talked about motel hell. Like I might not be into everything of that, but I can see this is unique. If something is unique, I can appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And this is a hundred percent that. Yeah. He, uh, he's really into close-ups on small objects. Yeah. Like deep like, red. I, like a lot in both movies. Yeah. And it's, it's really cool. Like, uh, I really appreciate like probably my favorite thing about Deep Red is, or my favorite shot at least, is the close up on the tape recorder and how he kind of sweeps up and it's like this. It's almost like a crane shot, but in miniature. Yeah, well, and it's it's inanimate objects. Yes, like, but it's just this sweeping. I mean, I camera guess motion be- across this really small object, and I thought it was it was really cool. Um. I don't know if it's I don't know if we want to get into like the, the the murder mystery aspect necessarily of it. I mean, it's basically the same plot that you could imagine murder mystery, but mm-hmm. it really it's the filmmaking here yeah. in both of these films that ends up being different. Right. Um, the scores. What did you think about the scores? Uh, I I appreciated again. It's one of those things where like, is this intentionally trying to be like? Uh, to like not match up is like a, I, more so in opera than in deep red. I feel like it kind of worked in deep red, but in opera, like, you know, like at the end when they're like in this meadow and then all of a sudden like fucking heavy rock and roll starts and it's like, okay, like this is, is this intentionally supposed to be like dissonant 
to yeah. the visuals? I I don't know because it's almost like this is it's like somebody was handed the parts to make a movie mm-hmm. and hadn't seen other movies. You know, like right. who's to say this is wrong? Yeah, <laughs> you know? like there's rules, quote yeah. unquote, and it's like he's not following any of these rules. No, uh, so I, I don't have an answer to that. It's like all him. So it's it's a band called Goblin that does these, and they tour. People like fucking love Goblin, mm-hmm. and they go see concerts where them performing the scores to these or combinations of these scores, mm-hmm. and they play the scenes in the movies behind them like i'm not into them that much but i I love the idea of that like i love the idea that there is a band and composers that that's what they do and that's what they're known for is doing these movies and they can go play the scores and they fucking sell out all over the world (laughs) like it's 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 awesome like Like, you know it's so harry potter's at the embassy right now (laughs) like uh to think that it's like this weird like they're called goblin this weird rock group uh to these you know cult classics certainly but i don't think they're like any huge kind of movies um dario gento is probably the biggest name in the giallo um movies but yeah that's cool that they can just go out and make a living and have a fan base yeah um yeah i don't know it, it's it's like it's something to be it's something to experience right like mm-hmm. even if you don't if this isn't your thing and you really don't like it i really think people need to have seen it and have absorbed it yeah i want to talk about some of the choices yes okay so probably my favorite scene between both of these movies is uh when it's basically right after the opening of so the opening scene of deep red is um, we see the murder in shadow mm-hmm. and then the knife drop next to, uh, what I assumed was a little girl in stockings. Mm-hmm. Did you assume that that was a little girl That's in stockings? That's my go-to, yeah. Um, I don't know if culturally we were supposed to, but that's kind of what I saw. And then we meet our protagonist and then he picks up Carlo and then, um, they have a drunken conversation and then they're walking through the streets, and in the background, there. Do you know the painting Nighthawks? I might recognize, but I don't. Know. Uh, it's basically this diner, and there's. Okay, Google, show me the painting Nighthawks. I'm gonna know it in a second. <laughs> oh yeah, I recognize that. Yeah. So basically, that painting is behind him, right? Yeah. So that's exactly he, there's what a it diner. Is. Yep. And there's two couples and a person there. And when they first start talking, the people are moving. And then later, they're frozen. Like, they're literally frozen in time. And it's really off-putting and really cool. Um, And then he goes up and he sees the murder happen. uh, And then he comes back down. And talks to Carlo and was like, did you see the person? And Carlo walks away. And then you get this big shot of basically this huge fucking statue. And there it's a huge frame. And they're on either end of the frame uh, basically yelling at each other because they're so far away. And I, it's that's like my favorite sequence in, the, in both of these movies combined. Yeah, it's 100% cinematic yeah. like there, there, there's no way to talk about an argento movie without it being cinematic like it, it's almost more about the cinema aspect of it than it is any kind of a story or anything like that mm-hmm. um yeah they're they're almost art films so so he reminded me of okay, a bit and I'm going to need to do a lot more research on Dario Argento to know if this is an apt comparison, but it reminded me a bit of Stanley Kubrick. So I Stanley Kubrick is my favorite director of all time, and Stanley Kubrick did hundreds of takes sometimes of just random shots, right? Everything everything he he did until it was perfect in his brain and then he didn't move on until then and so every every choice he made in every one of his movies is incredibly incredibly 
precise and it, it, every choice that he made he there's intention behind it right so when you watch um i almost said in the army now fucking full metal jacket <laughs> Fun way fact, different film <laughs> i'd rather watch in the army now than full metal jacket oh full metal jacket i love i when didn't you, say it wasn't a better film i said i would rather watch it i i hear you uh you're wrong but i hear you so when I when you watch Full Metal Jacket and there's the scene where they're getting um uh they're getting sniper fire and they're calling for backup and everything. And if you look, the building behind them is alternating between erect and like dilapidated, like torn down. And so they're constantly cutting back and forth and it's a huge continuity error. But you don't notice it your first few times. But then you do notice it, and you know that Kubrick, this this has to be intentional, knowing that his filmmaking style. And so, uh, in my mind, and I've, I've, from reading a lot of other people's interpretations, I feel like that is his way of saying that it, it wasn't a Vietnamese sniper, that it was actually friendly fire. Anyway. All that aside, there are a lot of fucking continuity errors in this, but he pays so close attention to so many things, and then there are these weird continuity-less jump cuts that are almost imperceptible, but also very jarring, and I think that those are intentional. I know what you're talking about, and I think that is the point. It's like, I see, it's a technique used by like a lot of talking head documentaries where they make zero attempt to mask the fact that there's a cut in between and it's just a style. And I think, I think his goal is just to nerve you or make you uncomfortable. Right. But like the scene, um, with Carlo and, uh, Ricky Ricci or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Christina Ricci. Yes. (laughs) Uh, like there are huge continuity errors in there, and they're like, they go from one room in a certain order to the other room, and they're in a different order, and things like that. Like, to quote another great director, John Favreau, continuity is for pussies. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like at a certain point, uh, and it's all they also do a couple jarring jump cuts, just like here, 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 there, and it's like. I feel like that's probably not sloppy filmmaking, but also these don't look like the highest budget things. Mm-hmm. And maybe he like is one of those directors who loves a certain thing and the like, you know, William Lustig. Mm-hmm. He loves the action. He's going to pay super close attention to the action yes. and the dialogue he's not going to care about. Yes. Maybe Dario Gento like loves the, the setups with the big wide shots and the close ups on the little uh, inanimate objects, but doesn't care about the walking talks. Yes. Maybe he's maybe it's that I don't know I don't know I don't it, know what to read about into yes, it without it's a, knowing more about it exactly it's a weird uh, disconnect between like being phenomenal at one thing mm-hmm. and then like questioning whether you're bad at this other thing yeah. right like um, I hundred percent get what you're saying it, it's it's like they do he does everything so close and then falls <laughs> short on this yeah and it's because was that a conscious thing did he not give a shit or was right. he just really bad at that it's like you were telling me about like some comic book artist that can't draw hands or feet yeah right like is it that like can he do everything <laughs> amazing but he can't do the hands yeah so he just avoids doing it that artist or... rob liefeld creator of deadpool mm-hmm. is he an, he's not an avenger he's not an avenger he has been an avenger he's not an avenger in 2012 avengers boom nailed it by not naming it we haven't got to that bit yet. Yeah, we oh. have <laughs> Also, it's in the future. Yeah. <laughs> ben, if you're listening, don't listen. <laughs> don't say I said Deadpool. That's a that's a bonus for if neither one of them listen. No. No. <laughs> uh yes. So, uh Deep Red I don't think we're going chronologically at all. Um Deep Red has uh, a gay character mm-hmm. and it's not an issue at all. And like anytime we're watching a movie that's aged at all, I'm like, thank you for not making that an issue movie. Yeah. The movie doesn't make it an issue. He's the character is trying to hide it. And mm-hmm. like 
and then when it's found out and the protagonist doesn't fucking give a shit yeah he has to make this big to do oh you found out i'm a faggot blah 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 like you know you're just gonna mistreat me like everyone else uh and like that's i enjoy that characterization where the film isn't commenting on it the protagonist isn't commenting on it yes but you have a character who like that's totally their reality yes they, yeah, that's, they're, that's, they're that's, anticipating that's that the guy doesn't give two shits because he's trying to figure out who's who's murdered people <laughs> yes. and who's trying to murder him that's all he cares about uh, okay, so this is Italy, right? Yes. And at one point, they say Fanny. Mm-hmm. Does Fanny mean Fanny or Pussy? I have no idea. Because in England, Fanny, you can't have a funny, you can't have a fanny pack because Fanny is the front parts of a woman, so you have a bum bag instead I don't know. of a fanny pack. So this whole this whole thing is confusing to me because the, some of these film it in italy with people speaking english but then they dub them in english presumably better is it is it because it looked dubbed but i was like looking at their lips and i'm like no they're saying those words they're not speaking italian but i don't know if they're if if their accent was too hard to but but it doesn't feel like it's those actors most of the time some of the time it does like especially in opera there's specific characters that I think that is them. Then there's yeah. others that it's not, but it's like so pieces. It does the same thing, right? And I think pieces is an example where they're trying to idealize this, mm-hmm. and they did it crazy as balls. But this is what they were trying to idealize. Okay. But they're in if you remember pieces, there's signs that are written in Italian, but they're saying we're in like Massachusetts, <laughs> right? I remember that, yeah. And this is kind of the same thing that happens in these in these films is that they a lot of the time are speaking English, but it's dubbed and it's, I don't know who they're made for. It's, it's yeah. a bizarre, bizarre situation. Like these weird ingredients that you put together. Yeah. Italian cinema is, I think very interesting. And I know very little about cause they had a, you know, they had the big spaghetti Western, um, craze and then they have the giallo. Um, so it I, it's kind of a, a country I should explore more filmically. Yeah, and that's I got into that groove for a while those three days in 2018, <laughs> and that's what I was and I was enjoying it. It's just uh, it's a lot to try to consume because they are kind of similar. It's like only eating hamburgers for three days. Um, this is a movie from the 70s. Uh, there's a scene where. The protagonist and the lady protagonist, the journalist, are talking and arm wrestling, and it just fucking drags. And I feel like the whole point of that scene is to tell us that our killer is going to be a woman because he doesn't think women are strong. So it's like, okay, obviously our killer is going to be a woman. Is our killer a woman? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh because it, I because you're first led to believe that it's a journalist. Yes, and then turns out no that the painting the drawing was actually made by Carlo, mm-hmm. and then Carlo goes to kill him, uh, and then gets fucking murdered in the most horrendous way, dragged behind a garbage truck and his face smashed in, mm-hmm. rolled over by a car, uh, but it turns out it's Carlo's mother. Yep. Uh, yeah, she gave it to him good. Yeah. Uh, who is just this crazy lady we see in like two other scenes? Yes. Um, and that's where I feel like kind of the murder mystery is inconsequential to the point of watching the movie. Certainly. This it's not the reason that you watch the movie is not to get the story out of this. Um so I feel like modern horror uses um a camera that looks like it's a POV, like a camera that's very voyeuristic, but is not tied to a POV at all. Yes. And that annoys me. Mm-hmm. And this is, maybe he does it too much, but this is great. Like in the uh, the, in the museum or library or wherever, where he tears out the, the picture of the house, mm-hmm. uh, that to me is perfect voyeuristic camera. Um, because... In the end, it is a POV, but it feels like it definitely could be a POV. Whereas in, I feel like a lot of modern horror, they're like, we know that voyeuristic camera shots are creepy, but they're only creepy if you think that might be the killer watching. Yeah. 
there's uh it's uh we haven't done a lot of them but a lot of bad uh um found footage films don't acknowledge who is recording it <laughs> or they'll be like all three of your characters are on screen while somebody yeah. else is carrying it around yeah like who the fuck is recording this if this is because that's basically the whole point of found footage is it's pov from a character the entire time right yeah and uh they don't do a good job of establishing that as a character or justifying why they have the camera in the in their hand mm-hmm. uh Argento has a weird obsession with lizards um, so there's a, a giallo joke and there's like giallo generators online mm-hmm. where a lot of them use, uh, animal names in their titles. Okay. Like I think my favorite Argento that's not deep red cause I hadn't seen it, but I think it's Cato nine tails. Okay. Um, and like, he's got another called like the bird with the crystal plumage, um, a woman in a lizard skin on and on. Like they all, so the, the joke is that there's these, uh, gener- giallo, title generators mm-hmm. and it'll just create things like cat or nine tails bird with the crystal plumage things like that yeah except in this one he's he stabs it with a pin <laughs> that's really fucked up yeah it's 1976 italy so you can't understand but they're also like it's 2019 usa for me bro yeah it's pretty fucked up yeah and then they smack some birds around in opera yeah <laughs> uh yeah, he just makes a lot of weird choices that uh, that it, like feel they feel slightly amateur, but he has such a deft with other places that I just I can't because there are a couple like places where he just fades to black for no reason, but there probably was a reason. Yes, I would hope there's a reason. I mean, there is, but does it make any sense in anybody else's? head by him like i think this is a great example of like the line between genius and madness is really really close right yeah like he i feel like he needed an equal to like rein him in to like put him within boundaries or whatever whereas kubrick or somebody was better just completely on their own like (laughs) he needed fucking balls to the wall crazy he needed a handler almost something like that yeah he needed a a partner to uh like i've watched him in a little i've watched some videos and I'm somewhat convinced that the whole point of The Shining is that you need to is uh, we get, we're getting off the gold standard for money, and that you need to buy gold because we're all gonna die. So, yeah, Kubrick was fucking crazy, but I love him. Yeah. My note here is that's the creepiest fucking thing I've ever seen. Is this the mechanical doll? Yes, <laughs> that it. That's it. <laughs> the mechanical doll is pretty creepy. Yeah. It's genuinely creepy, it's right? Creepy. Yeah, like. Uh, oh shit. What's it called? Uh, there's a word when it's really close to being lifelike, but it's not quite, um, the uncanny Valley, the uncanny Valley. Yes. That's exactly what it is. And this doll kind of nails that. Yeah. Like it falls exactly within there. But then that was like a, a real doll, right? Like, cause it was all like clockwork and shit inside. I mean, is that, is that toys that they have in Italy? Cause that's <laughs> fucked up. I'm glad I didn't grow up in Italy in yeah. 19, the seventies. Cause that's fucked up. Yeah. It, uh, it genuinely was creepy running across that floor. Uh, I have a note here. I knew it would be her talking about the journalist. And yes. then I have a note from me in the feature that says wrong. You're, <laughs> You're so dumb past Justin. Can't believe you thought that. Uh, but yeah. Uh, also, he doesn't really care. Um, uh, how do I want to say this? Like, they just break into a middle school and don't think about it. No. It's casual it's breaking like, and entering, bro. Yeah. Casual B&E. It happens in, all over the world. <laughs> I broke into two places just today. I don't but know what you get to hang up. But it's like, oh, well, that came from the middle school. It could just be, oh, well, in the morning we should go look at that. Nope. We're going to go break in now. <laughs> and then they're like rummaging for an hour. And she's like, do you think we should call the police and let them know we're here? No, that's the worst thing. And he's like, yeah, sure. Nice. Do that. <laughs> It'll be good when Carlo has a gun on me and they show up. Um, yeah. So overall, I feel like Deep Red is something that uh, you or, or I feel like t- pick two Argento movies, yeah. any of them, try them out. And if you like it, then you know what that is and keep going. Yeah. And look for the similarities because I'm sure there, there are plenty in any random two. Yeah. Um, 
So recycling stuff from another podcast. Okay. I heard something that I wanted to relay to you. Sure. So William Lustig was on his po- podcast and uh, he was talking about Maniac. Okay. Starring the late, great Joe Spinell. And he was talking about how invested he was in the role and everything. And he told a story that I hadn't heard that is amazing. Okay. Not setting the bar too high by saying that, hopefully. Story time. So, uh, Joe Spinell would, uh, kept coming to him with all these different ideas. I want to do this. I want to do that. Hopefully, he's the one that was responsible for the battle axe in the bedroom. I don't know the answer to that question. <laughs> uh, but I do know, apparently, Joe Spinell suggested hiring. This isn't the story. But Joe Spinell suggested hiring the... Uh, uh, the art director and to, to build that set and everything mm-hmm. um, for that. And I uh, said like, Oh yeah, he does good work or whatever. He'd only ever done like uh porn, like <laughs> set dressing for porn, but he had construction knowledge. So instead of building a set, the dude built an apartment like, in, <laughs> like, so the walls were real studded <laughs> walls and stuff. <laughs> so he didn't like build a set. He built a fucking apartment uh. anyway. So Joe Spinell, that, that's, he was very involved Right. And he was he took this movie on. So he he went to Bill Lustig and he was like, Bill, look, we need a song in this movie. And Bill Lustig is like, the fuck are you talking about? This is Maniac. It's going to have a score. I can't have people singing in a movie called Maniac. That is not what this is. Get out of my face, Joe. And he's like, what are you talking about? The movie Ben had Michael Jackson (laughs) singing singing to a fucking rat and that song made more money than the movie did you're wrong william lustig and he's like shut the fuck up get out of my face joe you're a crazy person right so he's not i get his logic here right sure so imagine william lustig's shock when he finds out years later long after joe spinell dies joe spinell commissioned a song for maniac that he like was going to bring to him, but then he got told to go fuck off. Mm-hmm. And that song ended up being in another movie. Okay. That song ended up in Footloose. Maniac in Footloose was written for Maniac. What? <laughs> they tweaked some of the lyrics, but that do was... You mean, written... Do you mean Flashdance? F- Flashdance. She's a maniac, yes. me. <laughs> what? <laughs> Isn't that amazing? What? Yes. <laughs> Joe Spinell commissioned that song to be written for Maniac the movie. And William Lustig was so like frustrated because that ended up being this huge popular song and it could have been in Maniac. How the fuck? <laughs> How did it get into Footloose or into Flashdance? I, I don't I, I'm assuming that, that whoever owned it still was trying to sell it to somebody. But I know that, that like the person that, that wrote it just sold it to Flashdance for twenty five hundred or twenty five grand, and they never made any more money off that because whoever bought it owned it from there. Yeah. So they got totally ripped off. But it was Joe Spinell commissioned that song that ended up in that. That is in fucking insane. <laughs> it's crazy, right? That is crazy town. <laughs> so imagine if you're William Lustig, who's probably seen Footloose, has definitely heard that Flash song, Flashdance. He's definitely. Uh, heard that song uh yeah awesome story i loved it like joe spinell keeps making his way into like these amazing <laughs> stories long after he died in the weirdest way like you remember the jaws thing where, with yeah. spielberg where joe spinell's just there i like how this like weird italian nobody who just like He's a schlub. He, he, he had a schlub in every sense of the word. He's uh, kind of looks like my uncle. No, he looks and like he's in fucking everything. He's Tony Clifton. Sure, <laughs> I I was gonna go with uh, there's a character actor. Is he in Arachnophobia? There's a character actor who was like around in the '90s who would always play like I don't know garage mechanic or uh, I'm picturing him right now. Anyway, yeah, Tony Clifton. Sure, we'll go yeah, with that. Yeah. So that was my story that I was like, Justin will appreciate this. In fucking sake. <laughs> uh, opera. Opera. Opera is a murder mystery <laughs> that <laughs> takes place at an opera. Uh, featuring a gloved killer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yes. Overall thoughts on opera. Um, I mean, not, not a lot that we haven't already said. Real fucked up thing about the eye. The eye thing is real fucked up. Yeah. Like. There's some close-ups, and you can tell that it's not actually 
going to do anything. Yes. But the idea of it. Yeah. And like the actress. You blink, you're going to so, fucking impale your, so, your yeah, so top what, lid so on So what it needles. is, is you've got uh, needles yeah. uh, on tape. Just scotch taped, tape. Taped under or on the bottom of your bottom eyelid. Mm-hmm. The bottom of your bottom eyelid. On your bottom eyelid. Yes. Pointing up so that if you close your eyes mm-hmm. or move too quickly, you are going to impale your eyeballs. And they have close-ups where it's like right there. And yes, you can see it's definitely in front and she has room to blink behind. Mm-hmm. But there's also a couple times when she has to reach up and peel them off. Yeah. And she does it pretty quick. Yeah. Like if I was doing that, I would be so ginger like, about it. Uh, fucking, 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 <laughs> oh, God. Oh, fuck. Don't, don't blink. Don't blink. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. Oh, God. Oh god, there's one more. There's one more. Okay. Don't you. Stop playing this one. Okay. Wink. Wink on the other one. Hydrate. Hydrate that eyeball. Okay. Uh yeah, it is fucked up. I think I prefer opera to uh deep red. Okay. Um I feel like uh I like the I like the characters, I think, a little bit more. I feel mm. like they've got a little bit more defined characters. Um they punch some birds in the face. They do? <laughs> So, um, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I love Carlo. Carlo was a great character. Yeah, and I feel like that fucking bar, that Nighthawks bar, just with frozen people inside, was too cool. Yeah, I feel like the opera scenes are super cinematic. So I feel like yeah. the, the same thing that you have, like the same visual that you have a boner for for Deep Red. There, mm-hmm. I have the boner for for the opera scenes. Cool. Um, but again, it's the. It, it's kind of almost everything we said about Deep Red. You can say again for opera with the the bizarre choices with music, some the cuts, all of those things, and uh, it's just hard to argue that he's anything but a total original, uh, and imperfect as though it may be, kind of hard to replicate. Yeah, dude gets stabbed in the neck and it goes through his jaw into his mouth. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That is a good shot. I love the shot through of the shooting through the people. Yeah, that's an amazing shot. Something that's not necessarily totally unique mm-hmm. uh, or new, but it's done so so well here. And they punch some birds in the face. Uh, yeah. So again, murder mystery. Turns out it's the cop mm-hmm. because he was the opera lady's mom's sex slave. Or something. We've heard that story a dozen times. I mean, how many times has your mother's sex slave come to try to wreak it's havoc true. on you? Yeah. That's. I mean, he was just texting me earlier. <laughs> it's like Fifty Shades Darker up in here. Mm-hmm. Is that the plot of that? Have you seen any of those movies? Uh, I've read the first two books. I haven't seen Why? Them. Because I was into a chick and she said those were her favorite books. Oh, yeah. And I read the first this. one yes. and it was really bad but kind of hot. And the second one is just fucking awful and it ended and i i like threw my kindle across the room and said fuck you out loud and i never (laughs) read the third one even though i really wanted to bang that chick (laughs) so we've never really talked about relationships on this show Mm -hmm. uh so that's what you you did to try to impress a girl or to get to know her when you were lovelorn yes uh yeah i feel like relationships are a thousand percent different uh, I was gonna say when you have one. <laughs> I guess that's ultimately yes. What it when you have a relationship, to. it's different. Having than a relationship. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna do it like, uh, by like times in your life. But at least for me and you, that more corresponds to when you have a relationship or whatever. But, mm-hmm. but I mean, you know, your mom was in her forties, right? When yep. she was starting a new relationship with her her now husband or whatever, I have to mm-hmm. imagine that that was different than dating in her twenties, right? Like, sure. I'm sure, you get past the uh, the the moments of trying to impress each other and shit. You already know what's coming. You know what you're doing. You know, yeah. Um, just past the bullshit of trying to impress people, I would think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So you obviously never slept with that girl. No. Come close. No. 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> Good. It it was like was this a one sided? We love we affair? worked together at the school. Okay, so let's get into this. Uh, I it was I worked at the at the college that I was going to, and uh, literally like she she worked a couple doors down, 
And so sometimes I would just like leave. Like I was in charge of a bunch of people, so I would just leave and go talk to her. And so like the literally first conversation we ever had was about S and M, and I'm like, okay, cool. And that started the infatuation. Mm-hmm. And that's when she said like these were her favorite books, and I read them. And but then like she was she was also like super super conservative. Like this was back in the Bush era, and like you know. Bush is the fucking greatest. And I was like, I can look past that. I can look past that. I can look past that. <laughs> you really were horny. Yeah. Yeah. I was desperate at the time. So, yeah. And then got up the courage to ask her out. And she laughed, literally laughed in my face. Literally oh, laughed in my face. That's sad. Yeah. That's a fun story. That. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I went there. <laughs> no, it's fine. I think it's hilarious now. Yeah, you think it's hilarious now yeah. because it's in the past. That's the thing that's crazy. Oh, yeah. It's like all of this shit was so important to you, right? Yeah. Like that hurt. I Like you I'm getting those the- emotions again right now. Yes. And like my eyes are welling up just a little bit. Yes. But I genuinely think it's hilarious. You genuinely I think, think that's you- hilarious story. Yes. That doesn't mean those emotions aren't attached to it. Yes. But logically and humorlessly. If that's a word, yeah. I recognize that that's fucking hilarious. Yeah, and had those things not happened, you wouldn't have what you have now. So you're yeah, exactly. glad that that worked out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, part of me, I love my wife. I have no, but hopefully you know what I mean by this. Yeah. Like, part of me, it's like people say they want to, like, they, they, when they're grandkids, they figured out they made all their mistakes on their kids. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to try this dating thing again. Like, <laughs> does that make sense? Like, because I don't to give a, point, a shit. Sure. I don't give it. I don't mean that I don't. I want to replace my wife. I just yeah. mean like I kind of feel like so much shit doesn't fucking matter uh-huh. at all. Yeah. Like I don't know. I just don't give a shit at all. Like yeah. I didn't have sex at points because I thought that it was too early or you should wait for the no fuck that i should have banged my brains out more in my 20s you know what i mean like it's so stupid we're both like like awkward very much uh we're both those kind of people we're like uh but like uh i don't know if i I don't know how to signals like i don't know Mm -hmm. yeah no and then you go home and you jerk off and you're like she fucking was like in my bed like why yes yeah but but 20 years later is when i figured that out yeah (laughs) But yeah, you're 100% right. Like, I gave up the opportunity to at least do something more uh-huh. than go home and jerk off. Yeah. I chose to go home and jerk off. Right. I need to figure out how <laughs> I figured it out now. Because now you can just be like, so, are we going to fuck? Yeah. Cool. Yes. What the answer is, cool. Yeah, that's fine. You yeah. just want to watch Survivor then? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, right? Yeah. Like, it, Yeah. And, like, that was great because, like, when I met Marianne, online dating, when I was 30. And so, like, your 20s, you're just, like, uh, male, female, whoever. You're you're immortal. And you're the smartest person who's ever existed ever. And it's all fucking shit. Like, it's all bullshit. Oh, yeah. You- your entire life is bullshit. Yeah. Until pretty much until you hit 30, probably. No, you're 100% right. Or you have a kid. I remember impressing at least a girl by talking how deep, uh, like my deep thoughts in my, at Mm -hmm. at 19, about how I wanted to be an individual and people aren't really individuals. And I was so fucking pretentious Mm -hmm. and full of shit. And I didn't know shit. Mm -hmm. It worked. Because really, really my be- thoughts on Zeno's paradox were not really a panty dropper, and I re- <laughs> and I really believed it, you know. Yeah. So it wasn't bullshit. But like, who the fuck was I? I didn't know anything. Yeah. I, I the only thing I know now is that I don't know anything. Exactly. <laughs> That's why I've got it figured out. <laughs> exactly. Because you in the twenties you think you have it all figured out. Yes. And in the thirties you have it all figured out because you realize you have nothing figured out. Yes. And it doesn't fucking matter. Right. <laughs> So just hey, fucking exist, hey, man. 20, 22 year old Russ that's on his fucking pedestal <laughs> voting for Ralph Nader. Shut the fuck you up. You got me to vote for Ralph Nader. <laughs> no, man. If he he's, if he gets to five percent, then we get a third person in in the, the debates, man. <laughs> that's uh, I believed it. Yeah. I believed it. Uh, I believed it enough to be convinced by it. Yes, good. Um, so. Part of the reason that I did that little switch over is just to anticipate what we're going to do next week. 
Oh, okay. So next week's going to be a little bit different than normal for the first time. I mean, there's been some ones that are that are borderline. Mm-hmm. Next week, no horror on Remake Me. What? No horror next week. Oh, wow. I knew what was happening next week. Yes. But I had, apparently had no idea what was happening no, next week. No, it's a big change. No horror next week. Okay. Um, we are going to watch a movie that I think might be the only movie, maybe if you don't count Dumbo or something like that, okay? <laughs> I'm intrigued that, that I've Dumbo ever, was the when one I was movie real that little, dropped. When I was real, real little, uh-huh. okay? That the one movie, um, unless you discount things when I was a very small child, yeah. that I've ever watched, and then when I watched this, actually rewound the VHS tape and started over and rewatched. Okay. The only movie I think that I've ever done this with in my life. Wow. Okay. I have watched this movie so many times. I've watched this movie more than Maniac Cop or Maniac Cop 2. This is the movie that I've probably watched more from the age of 16 to 25 than any movie ever. Do you know what movie it is? Uh, from 16 to 25, I have a pretty good guess. What's the movie? I'm going to guess that it is John Favreau and Vince Vaughn in a little movie called Swingers. You are exactly right. So next week we will be joined by Ben and for a segment with my wife, and we are going to be watching Swingers. Great. You've seen Swingers? You've made me watch Swingers, yes. Um, yes, so Swingers is uh, is what? What's Swingers? Uh, Swingers is a it's like a... Sh- coming of age isn't right because it's not it's it's one of those movies where like it's assholes in vegas but like i don't know they kind of learn something good good so we're gonna do that do you want to know what i will okay there's a movie (laughs) when i was like 16 okay uh it was the summer no probably not 16 i was probably younger anyway there was some summer where for the first month of it, like somehow all of my neighbors, all the neighborhood kids were on vacation. So it was just, I watched TV all day pretty much. And so we went down to the local uh, supermarket and rented a movie. Mm-hmm. And it was a seven day rental. Seven day rental. And in those seven days, I probably watched this movie at least 15 times. Okay, what? Wait, give me a ballpark here. I'll see if I can guess it. You got to give me like three more, uh, three more clues. Okay, so ballpark year. I, um, I was probably like thirteen or fourteen, maybe. Okay, so, so you're going to the great. You're going to the Grable, the Grable Super Value, and Grable Super this? Value. Yes. Okay. Uh, and it is a semi recent. It's not probably not a new release, but it's a semi recent release, probably within a year. Okay. Uh, what year one more time again, did you say? Probably like 97, 98. Okay. Somewhere in there. Okay. Uh, so maybe, we're, we're maybe even for, in 99. We're gearing up for Y2K. <laughs> yes. I've not worn my Garth Brooks shirt to school again, but I'm wearing my my FUBU shirt. Okay. Okay. Uh, in this podcast, I named a movie with... A th- uh, one of the people in this movie. Okay. So maybe it's got Paulie Shore uh, or Vincent D'Onofrio in it. Arlie Ermey. Okay. Do I get one more clue? Uh, I've often said that I, my entire personality can be boiled down to two movies and those movies are Tommy Boy and Wayne's World. I'm like 90% Tommy Boy, 10% Garth from Wayne's World. Okay. Uh there is a person in this movie who was in one of those two movies. Okay. Um Oh, it's a fun little impromptu uh, game. I know. Um I can't get it out of my head right now. I'm mm-hmm. just going with what's in my head. I'm going to say Biodome. Ooh, that is close. Jury Duty. Jury Duty. Yeah, I'm just, I don't know if that counts. Holly Shore yeah. and Tia Carrere <laughs> in Jury Duty. I had fucking nothing else to do. I watched Jury Duty like 15 times in, in a week. My life was and continues to be sad. <laughs> That sounds great to me. <laughs> I want to have a Polly Shore. Like, I want to sit down with all the Polly Shore movies and watch them. 
I do like that. Maybe um, we can do that. Maybe we can remake Polly Shore after we remake the MCU. Yes. Um, so we're we're deviating from remake me, which is okay. a remake horror focused podcast. Right. So if this isn't a, uh, if we're not doing a horror to keep it on theme, what would mm-hmm. we be doing? An actor. A remake. Oh. But Swingers wasn't remade, so that's not accurate either. <laughs> so this this DVD, I think, is the most expensive DVD I've ever purchased that's, uh, that I'm holding in my hand right now. Really? Really. More expensive than like the two or three disc Blu-ray 4K restorations things. Hmm. This is a hard DVD to get your hands on. And you probably bought it used? And I bought it used. Mm-hmm. Uh, hard to get a hold of. You going to give a price on that? Uh, it was like $45. That's not that bad. It's, I was it's not crazy. I was expecting a hundred. No, it's not crazy, um, but it's an expensive DVD. Yeah, for um, what this probably is. Yes, it's crazy. So, second movie. Second movie. Uh, what? <laughs> you, what? So keep wait, in mind. Wait. Keep in mind. This is uh-huh. the cover for Swingers. Yes, I I I one hundred percent get it. <laughs> okay. I was expecting that other, that the one that's kind of like a spiritual successor to Swingers. Oh, Made. Yeah, that I've never seen. Oh, it's so And good. I was like, oh, that'll be a treat. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> okay. Dot, 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 ultra cool, extremely funny from com. There's a typo <laughs> on the front of the fucking cover. <laughs> <laughs> or ain't it Cole news is the only person who would give them a fucking yeah <laughs> soundbite uh oh Emilio Estevez <laughs> and Steven Weber yes. late last night so okay I'm sure you guys have seen the swingers cover if you haven't bring it up because it is very iconic. Yes, the original just, Swingers cover, the orange cover. Mm-hmm, it's just Vince Vaughn holding out. Uh, uh, what? Like a martini? Yeah. He's holding out a martini glass. And there's a matchbook that says Swingers, right? Get a nightlife. That's the tagline, get a nightlife. It's good. Uh, this is just Emilio Estevez... Dressed like he's going to a job interview, <laughs> holding up an empty martini glass or a, a drunk martini glass. Uh, yeah. This what the fuck? Is, why did why? It's why all the questions. Those why? Uh, what does that look like to you? A swingers ripoff. Yeah. Exactly. So you paid for you, who. I, you know, I will continue to bring it up. You will continue to tell me that it's not true. But you are so cheap. I, I've seen you go to fast food restaurants and order water and get pop. Because you wanted pop, but you didn't want to pay for pop. That's how cheap you are. And you paid $45 for an Emilio Estevez movie. I did it for this podcast, bro. <laughs> I did it for you. You hashtag did it for the lulz. Uh Okay. Late last night. We're going to watch Late Last Night. <laughs> Do you think there's a lot of other podcasts that have watched? Like, there's a lot of movie uh, podcasts that sit and talk about movies. Is, is this on How Did It Get Made? <laughs> no. Hmm. I don't think so. Uh, yeah. Has anybody ever else done Late Last Night? I think we might be trendsetters uh, right we now. We might be. <laughs> we might be trendsetting and jetsetting and woo. Justin, what else you got for us? Two... T- t- Time and limousine riding nature boy. Hey, this is Russ. A little impromptu thing. I bet you thought it was over. It's not. So it turns out I just watched 35 minutes of late last night and I'm abandoning that. Oh my God. I will tell you more about it next week, but it is not even worth continuing. Uh, Yeah. So we're going to go with what Justin's assumption was. Uh, he guessed correctly. We're going to switch it to Made. So the second film for next week will be Made, directed by John Favreau, starring John Favreau and Vince Vaughn. Justin, what else you got for us? <laughs>